If you've been told to pull up your socks, then make sure it's a pair of TNT socks. The TNT shop is now open at tntradio.live. Critically analyzing global affairs, this is the Hervoy Moritz Show on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. It is Friday. I hope everyone is ready to relax. Uh, the next two hours, I've got returning guest Robert Wright. It's been a while since I spoke to him. He's a lecturer um, on economics. And then second hour, Anthony Samaroff, who I only spoke to, had on the program briefly not long ago when I was at the Greater uh, Reset, but he'll join us for the full hour to discuss the medical industrial complex as well as just uh the state of the universe and a lot is popping off this friday a report that three million britons to be left without access to cash as bank branch closures continue at alarming rates i don't think um cobra commander klaus is alarmed I think he's rubbing his hands together. Bank branch closures will push 3 million Brits into living without nearby banking services, according to new research. Uh, and so, yeah, you can't have an algorithm ghetto if you got cash. Everyone's got to be using either their credit cards, contactless Google, Apple payments, NFT. See, but I don't even know what they use these days. Or your your, your eyeballs, your face, face or your palm, uh, right? Those are going to be your options going forward. So not really a, a shock here. Um, this was an interesting story from Financial Times today. A new global gender divide is emerging. It says that in countries on every continent, an ideological gap has opened up between young men and women. Looks like the women are going woke, liberal, globalists much faster than men. Tens of millions of people who occupy the same cities, workplaces, classrooms, and even homes in the longer see eye to eye. Uh, it says Gallup data shows that after decades uh, where the sexes were each spread roughly across liberal and conservative worldviews, women aged 18 to 30 are now 30 percentage points more liberal than their male contemporaries that gap took just six years to open up in germany um, shows a 30 point gap between increasingly conservative young men and progressive female contemporaries in the uk the gap is 25 points in poland last year almost half of men aged 18 to 21 backed the hard right confederation party compared to just a sixth of young women of the same age outside the west there are even more stark divisions in south korea there's now a yawning chasm between young men and women similar situation in china you know i would take this with a bit of grain of salt particularly when it comes to the global south um i'm not sure if i quite trust um their, their stats here but um yeah i think we can see sort of this trend around the world the women are becoming more globalist quicker than men uh let's let's try to be, <laughs> keep the liberal globalism at bay some crazy mexico news uh tourism drastically disrupted in parts of chiapas due to violence so south of mexico 
and they discuss the these different pyramids and and traditional tour tourist sites in the jungle in Chiapas, which I visited over a decade ago. Um, I I can't go back there right now. Uh, they basically say, uh, I'll I'll read a quote that um, Chiapas has gone to S H I T. They say that cartel violence has caused the dis displacement of thousands of border region residents since 2021, as well as the deaths and disappearances of hundreds of citizens, including a lot of innocent people. Both the Army and the National Guard have a presence in the region, but do nothing to stop the violence. That's going on. Uh, Emergent Biosolutions signed an indefinite delivery, indefinite quantity procurement contract for the maximum value of $235 million with the DOD to supply anthrax vaccine, Biothrax. What's going on there? That is strange. And a lot of civil war news. J. Michael Waller, who I just interviewed, he's ex-CIA, uh, it's on my podcast. He says, Biden and his, and his handlers are baiting patriotic Americans to do something stupid about a future civil war. He will use it to justify something new in his constant race baiting white supremacist narrative. Expect false flags and provocations this election year as never before. You've got uh, Newsmax airing a segment calling for civil war between the South and Biden administration they've come under fire for airing this segment in which the channel's host and oklahoma governor discussed the potential force on force conflict between the south and the biden administration michael o'fallon who i like to listen to he says a friendly reminder that the world economic forum china and the u.n would love for the u.s to balkanize in an election year over the border crisis in texas uh and um russell bentley has chimed in uh, on over at Sputnik. He says the situation is a powder keg waiting for uh, a spark. Um, he does go on to say we will soon see one thing for is for certain. This is how real revolutions start. If the Biden regime continues to es escalate this crisis, it could ease quickly and easily eclipse the festering wars the U.S. is already involved in Ukraine, Gaza, Yemen, Syria, and Iraq. They'll have much bigger problem much bigger problems with the war at home. Sooner or later, the chickens come home to roost. We've got, meanwhile, Russian intellectual Alexander Dugin sort of even egging on the civil war. He wrote a piece today, the events in Texas, a new civil um, war. He says America is governed by those deeply out of touch with its identity, and thus a new civil war in the USA seems inevitable. The globalists are set to ensure its Outbreak and Dmitry Medvedev also chimes in on Twitter, Telegram. He says establishing a People's Republic of Texas is getting more and more real. Something I wrote about at the end of 2022. Uh, so people can go check out what he's talking about. He says America can face an unsolvable constitutional crisis and for long fall into the abyss of a new, possibly even more destructive civil conference, uh, confrontation. Let's hope we don't go that route. All right, uh, a quick reminder uh, that uh, please give TNT a follow. We're on all the major social platforms, uh, as well as check out our alt tech presence, Facebook, Twitter, X, Instagram, Gab, Getter, YouTube, uh, Rumble, Odyssey. I can't even remember all of, the, all of the places we're on, but help us get the word out as we cover the biggest topics of our time on TNT. 
Keeping the commitment 24-7. I come to you for facts. I really appreciate what you and your team do. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. On Friday, the Biden regime announced that it will pause approval of new liquefied natural gas exports, citing their potential contribution to um, the weather. Uh, yeah, all right, to climate change. Here with the story, joining me now, TNT News producer Adam Clark, a.k.a. Ruckus. I wonder why he's doing this. What could the reason be? Oh, well, most people are already pointing out uh, it's basically considered widely as a gesture on behalf of El Presidente Biden to embrace the environmentalists who feel that he's left them out. He has not been progressive enough to meet their demands. In fact, he was just hanging out with a young Gen Z climate warrior. And after his meeting with said Gen Z climate warrior, we get this announcement. Hmm. I wonder the timing about this. Uh, here's what he said, Mr. Biden, uh, in a statement, quote, my administration is announcing today a temporary pause on pending decisions of liquefied natural gas exports, with the exception of unanticipated and immediate national security emergencies. During this period, we will take a hard look at the impacts of LNG exports on energy costs, America's energy security, and our environment. This pause on new LNG approvals sees the climate crisis for what it is, the existential threat of our time, end quote. Yep. The president stated that this is a response to the calls of the aforementioned environmentalists. He said, quote, we will heed the calls of young people in frontline communities who are using their voices to demand action from those with the power to act, end quote. Uh-huh. Right. Well, according to Secretary of Energy Jennifer Granholm, speaking to CNBC, the Biden administration will conduct an assessment during this temporary pause as the previous one, which was done in 2018, is old. Oh, she stated the obvious. Uh, she says, quote, since the shale boom and the exports of LNG have begun, we have undertaken a periodic assessment of what the lay of land is. The last assessment was done in 2018, and at that time, we were only exporting 4 billion cubic feet of natural gas, which is a fraction of what we're doing now. We're exporting 14 billion cubic feet. We have another 12 billion cubic feet that are under construction and a total of 48 billion cubic feet that have been authorized, end quote. Uh, Ms. Granholm dodged the question of why the assessment could not be done without the pause, but insisted that current exports would not be affected as it would take years for the projects to be able to produce and export natural gas. I wonder what was going on that would see an increase in natural gas exports. What could it be? What could it be? I, something to do with Russia? Oh, yeah. Uh, Germany switched from Russian gas to American LNG. Duh. Um, <laughs> Anyways, um, normally uh, how this works is a natural gas project needs to be approved by the federal agent, federal, ugh, federal energy regulatory commission, FERC. That's one of my favorite ones, F-E-R-C, uh, before the DOE, uh, Department of Energy, considers its exports. 13 projects, which are currently on the queue between FERC and DOE, with a capacity of 12 billion cubic feet, will be affected, according to Ms. Granholm. Uh, she also said that the pause will last months. Uh, the timing of the pause, wait for it, seems to be parallel with the 2024 election cycle. You don't 
say. Uh, people are already pointing out, Harvori, uh, that this is a win for Russia. Uh, companies and uh, countries in Europe are worried about steady supplies of U.S. gas as the region tries to wean itself off pipeline gas from Russia after the 2022 thing with Ukraine. Uh, U.S. allies in Asia also convert, uh, also covet LNG as they seek to slow coal consumption. Uh huh. In a vehement refutation to the move, the American Petroleum Institute said this is a win. For Russia, the API president, CEO Mike Summers, said in a statement today on Friday, quote, this is a win for Russia and a loss for American allies, U.S. jobs and global climate progress. There is no review needed to understand the clear benefits of U.S. LNG for stabilizing global energy markets, supporting thousands of American jobs and reducing emissions around the world by transitioning countries toward cleaner fuels. This is nothing more than a broken promise to U.S. allies, and it's time for the administration to stop playing politics with global energy security, end quote. Yeah, I, I, I hope so, uh, Harvori. What do you think about this move by L. Biden? I don't see what's the big deal with LNG gas. To me, it's a clean, it's, for me, it's clean energy. Like, uh, you know, it uh, makes everyone's lives nicer. It keeps us warm. I can cook with it. Uh, but, you know, again, th this is Malthusian, this idea, uh, you know, let's, uh, it's, it's it's a lie, the reason they're doing this CO2 uh, emissions, right? Uh, but people people need this, you know, here in Mexico, it's uh, it's it's a basic part of our daily life and, and infrastructure. Um, but it's, it's, as you just mentioned, this is warfare against, um, I think on the West, Germany, as you mentioned, as well as the United States, you know, some in the Twitter sphere, you've got people saying things like, I thought U.S. civil war would happen next decade, but it looks like it's already started. Um, Texas does something in the border. Biden threatens to send U.S. military and then stops exports of LNG from Texas. Uh, and then you've got other people talking along those lines. But basically, you know, it's kind of. The, the timing is interesting. Um, you know, Jack Poso also comments. He says, weird how Biden didn't decide to shut down LNG exports until Texas decided to take control of the southern border. These are sanctions against Texas for defending the border. So uh, I think that's also part of the explanation. So, again, this is warfare against the West, Europe, uh, Germany, um, and any factions within the US who want a freedom and you know energy means sovereignty you know think about world war 2 um the american financiers the rockefellers were still sending standard oil selling oil to hitler uh and we were selling oil to japan even though <laughs> they were our um enemies uh any other thoughts here ruckus how is the rest of the world going to feel about this? I mean, we, we may have technically been involved in like blowing up pipelines that led to this crisis to when they now depending on this LNG from America and then America, like a good little drug dealer, is about to cut back on its supply. Like what what are we doing? This is not good, Harori. This I just I, I want to keep a close eye on this one. I, I Biden has just lost his not that he had any marbles, but if he did, they're gone now. This is crazy, in my opinion. And when you mentioned the pipeline, I mean, imagine how much destruction that did to the environment, to the sea, uh, you know, or um, whatever. But yeah, we live in a bizarro 
world, Twilight Zone. I'll catch up with you in a bit. Ruckus, we got Robert Wright uh, joining us. Feel free, as always, to call in or uh, post your questions to the chat or my email. We'll be right back. TNT's Bruce de Torres. The Who's proposed treaty will increase man-made pandemics by Merrill Nass. Just a minute about this. This report is designed to help readers think about some big topics. How to really prevent pandemics and biological warfare. How to assess proposals by the WHO and its members for responding to pandemics. And whether we can rely on our health officials to navigate these areas in ways that make sense and will help their population. populations. We start with the history of biological arms control and rapidly move to the COVID pandemic, eventually arriving at plans to protect the future. She didn't put protect in quotes, but I just did verbally. World Stage and Bruce DeTorres on today's News Talk TNT. The Irish government is proposing a law known as the Hate Speech Bill that threatens free speech. This law could have dire consequences for our democracy. This law will have uncertain effects on artistic and musical expression. Please support us. It could stifle the activity of public campaigning on political and civil issues and also curtail speech relating to topics about religion, ethnicity, sex and gender. You could even be jailed for possessing documents, cartoons or memes on your devices, even if you never read them or intended on sharing them. Mere possession could make you a criminal under this law. Help stop this law. Visit www.freespeechireland.ie forward slash take action to bin the hate speech bill. If you're still wearing a cloth or a surgical mask around in public, you're guilty of spreading COVID misinformation. It really is that simple. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. It's been a while, but returning to the broadcast is Robert E. Wright, lecturer in the Department of Economics at Central Michigan University. He's author of many articles and books. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter, X at Robert E. Wright, W-R-I-G-H. Happy New Year, Robert. How's life? How are things? Well, I'm adjusting to this uh, new job here in central uh, Michigan. Uh, it snows a lot here, which I like. And uh, it's it's very cold, which I also like. So <laughs> classes are going great. And it's good to be uh, doing some more uh, in-depth uh, economics again. Yeah, and you know, I, I always enjoy your your writings. In fact, I noticed just a couple months back you've got a new book, which I'd, I'd also like to ask you uh, about. But um, you know, j just the state of the the economy, sort of, where do you see it? And then, you know, what are some things that are most interesting uh, for you when it comes to the uh, economy right now? Well, I don't think uh, anything can be forecast really at this point uh, because it's all going to depend on politics. And things like uh, the Texas, the Texas crisis, right? Uh, something like that going sideways could, um, you know, all all bets are off. Um, another uh, area of concern is, of course, the quality of data at this point. 
there seems to be some indication that um, there might be some uh, games going on, um, given especially that it is an even an even numbered year, um, and there are many things that can be done that are very difficult to detect that can juice things like inflation numbers down and GDP numbers up. Uh, so it's uh, it's it's really tough to say anything definitive at this point. But in, in terms of, uh, you know, are, are you, uh, you know, I believe that they've always been fudging the numbers. You've got uh, John Williams of Shadow Stats who covers like, um, right, inflation, inflation, unemployment, um, CPI. But, uh, you know, a lot of people that I talk to keep saying that we're on the edge of the cliff, you know, the, the debt national debt 34 trillion that that's like going exponential do you feel like we are approaching that um moment or it, it like uh, as you say who knows we don't know with the data or, it, or or they can sort of keep this keep kicking the can down the road right well the 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 national debt figure should be pretty solid um and it's been increasingly troubling um i mean i wrote a book in 2008 called one nation under debt where i was uh, setting off trying to set off alarm bells on it uh so yeah it's and we're paying over a trillion dollars a year now just in interest uh now presumably that will come down uh if inflation really comes down um but uh it could easily spike if uh, you know there's uh, there's massive civil unrest. Um, if there are you know armed forces within the U.S. fighting uh, each other, um, or if American citizens have to protect themselves from the people who've been streaming over the border, um, you know, unvetted uh, for years now. Uh, People could very easily lose confidence in U.S. Treasuries as, as zero default um, instruments and uh, put a risk premium on it. And that's just going to raise our borrowing costs even more. If we go to war against uh, Russia and Ukraine or uh, with China over Taiwan, um, I, it'd be very easy for an implosion to to take place or uh, a, a, a spike in inflation that makes what we just went through or what we went through in the 1970s seem tame uh, by comparison. If we go to war with the rest of the world uh, and, and, and ourselves at the same time, right? Texas <laughs> and Russia and then China and Iran <laughs> and, you know, what, what, uh, the Houthis, like don't forget about the Houthis. They knocked out an oil tanker right today yeah i mean this would be make for like a hollywood film and i was just going to mention the hooties um and, and your further thoughts on inflation because i feel like you know just the, the past years when i i feel like i've really started to feel the the pinch unlike previously when it comes to inflation um on, on many of the things that i consume or purchase and and and, and others as well uh, and then you're starting to see, as you mentioned, the, the situation in the Red Sea, which is affecting the supply chains, who are then increasing the prices for everything. They're talking about the Panama Canal as well because of the water be level being low. Even here in Mexico, there's there's problems where um, trucks are being um, hijacked by the cartels. And then that's going to increase prices as well, too. Just, you know, all these types of situations all across the, the board. Uh, how much of a danger do you do you see 
um, inflation as as being because I think it's you know that's attacking the middle class. No, uh, it is. Uh, I am from the uh, the Milton Friedman school of inflation, though. So um, those things we call supply shocks, and they can lead to an increase in in the price level, but with the possibility of the price level coming back again. Right. So something like oil, there, there might be a, a, a shock like uh, conflict breaking out in the Middle East um, that can raise prices. But uh, prices can come back down again. Inflation is a monetary phenomenon and you very rarely see prices coming back down after after an inflation. The price level goes up and it's and it stays up. And that hurts anyone who had. Uh, a fixed uh, a fixed contract to receive money. Um, so like uh, people's uh, life insurance, they thought it was quite adequate before, but now they're looking at it and they're saying, mm, this is not really enough uh, enough anymore. It might not even be enough to put me put me in the ground <laughs> at this point, right? Um, anyone certainly with um, with an old-fashioned um, savings account who maybe got got sucked into it, uh, because yields went up there for a while, um, you know they'll they'll get uh, they'll get blasted as well with a monetary uh, inflation. Um, these shocks, uh, these supply shocks, are, of course, are not helpful. Um, but again, once the problems fixed, the prices can go back down, and just like we saw with uh, you know with with oil and and gasoline prices and whatnot, they go up and but then they come back down. Um, but with inflation, everything just goes up and up and up. Um, and if your if your wages, your nominal wages don't keep up, then uh, we call it real wages then decline. You can't buy as much as you used to be able to buy and you suffer from, uh, you know, a decrease in your standard of living. Um, and that can have all kinds of effects on, on health and, um, you know, mental mental well-being uh, as, uh, as as well as uh, what you think about the country and its leadership. And let's not forget uh, the price of toilet paper during COVID. Uh, it's time time for our headlines. Be right back. Here's the news. TNT Radio News. news. For TNT, this is James O'Neill. A jury has awarded Eugene Carroll, a former advice columnist, $83.3 million in damages in her defamation lawsuit against former President Donald Trump. Former President Donald Trump has reportedly impacting Republican efforts to reach a border agreement with Democrats which is connected to further financial aid for Ukraine. The Republican National Committee considered a resolution to designate former President Donald Trump as the GOP's presumptive nominee and concentrate all efforts on defeating Democrat President Joe Biden. The common housefly, caught in the clutches of the spider's web. Every move it makes just makes matters worse. Then, dinner time. Feast on the captivating stories, videos, and helpful information on our website. Whoa. Dinner's ready. Oh, man. Escape is futile. Just one more video. Get stuck in our web. TNTradio.live. All right, we're talking to Robert Wright. Uh, you can check out many of his articles you'll find online, uh, books, uh, as well as uh, his Twitter X feed, which is a very uh, resourceful Robert E. Wright. And uh, do you have any thoughts on, you know, I was I had a guest from Argentina yesterday, and we were talking about Javier Millet. Um, do you have any thoughts on Javier uh, Millet? The and you know this uh, infusion of 
a libertarianism um, down south? Well, uh, I don't have, I don't know him personally, and I have become so cynical, uh, especially over the last uh, few years. But certainly, his public pronouncements are outstanding. If he actually follows uh, through on on what he says, and he's not just some, you know, some some shill for some interest that uh, hasn't revealed itself yet, uh, but he seems very much like a free free market guy and a, and a libertarian politically. And if he keeps that up, then Argentina should uh, should should recover. Um, and if he, I mean. You know, Steve Steve Hankey is saying that Argentina should just dollarize um, in order to to tamp down on that high inflation that they have very very quickly. Um, I don't know if that's necessary or not, but reforming the government of Argentina so that it pays strict attention to its job, right, which is to um, provide public goods, which is a very narrow set of things like national defense, uh, then he can get the budget deficits down and they they might be able to stop printing money so quickly uh, and be able to keep the peso and not uh, and not dollarize. Um, so we'll, we'll have to see. I mean, he's just he's just one man. He doesn't control the entire entire government. Um, we've seen he, even here in the United States that uh, president's wills can be subverted by um uh, the executive uh, branch in various ways. So, uh, yeah, I don't know enough about uh, Argentina. I think we've uh, spoken before about um, my limited uh, control of uh, Espanol. So uh, I can't even <laughs> I can't even you know follow it uh, uh, fo follow it from from afar. Uh, I have to take other people's uh, other people's word word for it. I do look at the translations though. Um, and uh, you know can tell uh, that they're not uh, they're not just putting good sounding English words into his mouth. He's saying good things in Spanish, um, you know, using words like negocios and <laughs> yeah. I, I just gave an interview. Libertad and <laughs> yeah, libertad. I just gave an interview this morning uh, in Spanish to uh, a Spanish um, channel and. You know, speaking of Millet, he he attended Davos. Uh, we've talked a bit in the past about uh, the Great Reset and some of the the, the projects that they're um, you know cooking up in the kitchen out there in in, in Klaus Schwab's kitchen. Um, you know, I still haven't had time to go back and review more fully the talks um, at Davos, but I've been seeing clips uh, and listening to analysis of people who have. Um, tortured themselves by listening to hours and hours of the Davos talks. But um, do you have any thoughts on on sort of where we're at with uh, the, this great reach, uh, great uh, reset and some of the diabolical schemes that they've been, they've got going on? Because you, you've 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 written about some of them like CBDCs, UBI and and, and so forth. Yeah, yeah. And I, the book's not out yet. In fact, I'm still looking for a publisher, but I've written a history of the New Deal in the United States, where I position it as the first Great Reset. So I consider what's going on now to be the second Great uh, Reset, at least in the in the context of American history. This um, disease X, I was chuckling about because uh, it is uh, it's devious. Uh, number one, they give it the same 
uh, label as the uh, social media platform that they dislike so much, uh, right? And try to tarnish it that way. But uh, also, um, they, they can effectively frighten both sides with this. And by the two sides, I mean the side who's still gullible and who believe anything, right? The, the people who fell for COVID hook, line, and sinker and still wear masks or still think it was a, you know, it was a thing sort of, uh, sort of folks. But they can also scare uh, skeptics and cynics like myself. Uh, I'm not afraid of disease acts. I'm afraid of them unleashing, uh, you know, a propaganda campaign and a suppression of speech campaign around this disease acts. Uh, just like they did with COVID. So they can scare both sides in different ways with with that rhetoric. And it's really quite uh, deviously brilliant. No, I, I, I have that same feeling. And I've sort of always had that since COVID where I'm not afraid of, you know, getting sick or anything like that. But I, I just feel like what you just outlined, they could deploy this propaganda. And just on that alone, shut everything down uh, shut off our ability to buy food uh and yeah. so but you know j j that that's uh that sounds fascinating and i could definitely see that when you say the new deal would be like the first great reset because one of the things i had in mind is none of this stuff is really new it's like a recurring plan throughout history right to, to get to yep. get to ultimately control the planet that's always been the game and different emperors and kings have advanced to different degrees and now because of technology that's enabling them for the first time in history to take to take the planet uh and so uh, any, any thoughts on the cbdc's you know you know digital id is another one i think they need both i i feel that they're advancing they're most advanced with digital id which is coming in first to, into many countries and then the the, the cbdc's because you kind of need those two um to tango uh, I haven't given much thought to digital IDs. I think CBDCs are enough to end all liberty for all time. Um, because if you uh, want to contract, uh, they're going to do any sort of exchange, right? Like work and have a job and get paid for it and then go buy, go buy goods. Um, they're going to be able to uh, throttle your account anytime they want. Uh, and it also it almost doesn't matter if they know who you are or not. All they have to do is link that account to some activity that they dislike. They don't have to know it's Bob Wright who, who did it. They just have to know that this this is the bank account of this entity that is, you know, uh, going on these. Uh, uh, what, what are you, a, a Mexican extremist? Um <laughs> Do they have a label for you yet, right? No, not, not yet. They I, they can't call me extremist or racist because I'm Mexican. That that's my trick here. Well, right? they 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 called Larry Elder, who's black, uh, the the black face of um, of uh, white supremacy. So, yeah, that's, that's, of course that's, he, he was running. He was running for governor of California and then for president of the United States when he got labeled that. So maybe if you just uh, you know don't don't try for office, uh, you can stay stay under the radar. But um, you know, I I think that uh, you know certainly having both the ID and CBDC would be a complete lock. Uh, 
Um, that pe people like me who've been hoarding gold backs uh, might try to stay outside of the CBDC and transact in, in gold backs. Uh, you know, um, I don't know if you've run across these things yet, but they're absolutely amazing. Um, and, you, you know, the old fashioned, the old fashioned silver and things like that and just stay outside of the CBDC. Um, uh, uh, but it, with the with the digital ID, if they catch you transacting outside of the blockchain, then uh, they'll they'll be able to figure out who you are and and put you in put you in jail. Can you imagine that? Yeah, just like the New Deal, right? Put put Americans in jail for for transacting in gold. Could very well right. happen again. I've actually got a gold back somewhere. I, I misplaced it, but I, I got it last year when I was at the Ron Paul Institute conference, and and one of the guys attending, he's he was running for um, Brad Green. He's I had him on the show. He's he was running for uh, was it senator I think in Utah or something, uh, and he gave me one of them. They're, they're in different denominations. They're like a bill, right? But they're made out of gold. They're made out of actual gold, yes. Because one of the physical um, qualities of gold is it can be made very very thin as little, I guess, theoretically as one atom with, uh, they don't go quite that far, but it's very, very thin. The problem in the past doing that is that you can uh, too easily um, lose it. It's very soft, so it could deform. Um, you'll lose atoms off from the thing. So what the goldback people do, um, Valuarum, I think is how it's pronounced. It's got AU in there, like value and AU for gold. And um, they're the ones who develop the process. They, they polymerize the outside of the gold so that it becomes uh, stable. And you can then, um, you know, have a fixed amount of it and, uh, and trade it. And it's it's quite possible that we could have a situation where people start to ask for their salaries and in, in backs, uh, you know, in, in an extreme event like the the national debt gets out of hand and we have a hyperinflation because um, the U.S. is the one country that can't dollarize. Right. I suppose we could adopt the euro. <laughs> what 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 happens if 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 the dollar, you know, globally, as well as in the U.S., what happens if the dollar rapidly loses its value? Well, the next thing is, is to go back to commodities. And um, gold backs are a way to transact at a retail level with actual gold. So so I was, uh, during Davos, I was at a conference down here in Mexico called the Greater Reset, the Anti-Davos. And we talk about a lot of this stuff, but particularly solutions. And I'm just curious because I, I agree with you, you know, having um, physical assets, commodities, gold uh, in case we we get, you know, we, we get become enemies of the state, so to speak. Um, but my question then is, how far can that go? Like, let's say I've got, I'm sitting on a certain pile of, of, of silver and gold and then I use it to buy stuff. But, you know, we're outside of the system now. If I spend all of my gold coins, um, you know, then what? Or, or I'll, you know, for for my services, I'll be asking for for gold. Um, you know, right. any thoughts on that? Yeah, I think that's exactly what would happen. Um, you would start to ask people for um, for gold or or, or silver as as well, uh, so that you can make 
payment. So much much the same as with dollars. It's it's possible even that we could start to see um, old style banks again that hold reserves in gold. Um, or that just uh, deal in in gold backs, but you you might make a deposit in gold backs in that bank and then draw a gold bank denominated gold back denominated check on on your deposits, right? And that check could be electronic, perhaps. Um, now the the government's going to do everything it can to to crack down on things like that, but uh, you know how the you know the the internet works and computers work and whatnot. Uh, there's all kinds of uh, all kinds of ways um, uh, around that uh, around that suppression, especially domestically. Well, uh, I guess uh, we'll be finding out soon enough. It's time for our break uh, again. People can just uh, type in Robert Wright into Amazon, find the the, the books, and on Twitter X at Robert E. Right will be right back. With his expert analysis and opinion, this is TNT Radio's Timothy Shea. Without even realizing it, we learned a lot from Saturday morning cartoons. From Johnny Quest, we learned to trust your friends and always remain courageous in the face of danger. From Scooby-Doo, we learned to always pull the mask off the bad guy. You might just be surprised who he or she really is. In the Roadrunner cartoons, well... The Roadrunner cartoons told us everything we need to know about the current Republican primary. Donald Trump is clearly the Roadrunner, beep-beeping his way into the lead, off into the distance. But who is Wiley E. Coyote? I submit that it's Tricky Nicky. And the question that arose in my whippersnapper mind was always, who's buying all this stuff from Acme for the Coyote? He doesn't have any money. Likewise, Who's paying for Nikki's campaign? We know Reed Hoffman is spreading around his LinkedIn monopoly money, but who else might be funding this quixotic campaign to destroy Donald Trump? The answer to that question will tell us everything we need to know, not just about Tricky Nikki, but about GOPE itself. From MAGAinstitute.com, this is Timothy Shea for TNT Radio. While serving in Afghanistan, I was hit by sniper fire. The fighting was so intense, the medevac chopper was barely able to land. In the hospital, I was given a 5% chance to live. It's a good thing math wasn't my best subject. Today, I visit classrooms and share my story. I talk to kids about dealing with life's struggles. I tell them, with a little help and a lot of work, that you can overcome any challenge. DAV helps veterans like Adam get the benefits they've earned. They help more than a million veterans every year in life-changing ways. I know that some struggles are big and some are small, but they're all struggles, and you have to learn to get through them. With support from DAV, more veterans like me can live their best life. And as a new father, I have one more reason to keep on keeping on. My victory is being there for the next generation. Adam Alexander, may your victories inspire many more. Support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. This is the Hervoy Moritz Show on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. So final segment here with Robert E. Wright, lecturer in the Department of Economics at Central Michigan University. Um, and then and I, I did want to just mention, Robert, uh, we were talking about the CBDC stuff earlier, but yesterday, uh, you know, I've, I've got my podcast as well, Geopolitics and Empire. And uh, my, my, my first and only podcast hosting provider 
since I think 2015 was SoundCloud, just based in Germany. Yesterday, they sent me an email that they've decided to start deleting episodes of my podcast. And they started with one interview I did last year with someone in the biotech industry. Uh, and so, yeah, it's getting pretty cr uh, crazy now. This sort of stuff is just advancing. But, um, you know, we were talking about um, some of the places that you've lived in the U.S., but meat as well. You've you're you got an article coming up talking about uh, meat, but you know the Davos crowd also wants to take uh, the U.N. told the U.S. last month, like, hey, you guys need to put in a policy uh, in in place to get Americans to consume less meat. Uh, even here in Mexico now, like some of the Starbucks sells fake sausage biscuit burgers and the fake chicken stuff, and it's just it's nuts. But what what, what do you make of uh, all of this? Well, um, yeah, I don't know if we want to get into the whole climate thing because that that would that would take hours <laughs> and and probably get uh, you know get 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 you completely canceled <laughs> um, from from the German uh, side. But um, you can't reduce methane emissions by getting rid of cattle. Uh, there's some you know a lot of details involved, but uh, one important thing to realize is that it's not the cattle per se, it's the feedstock. So when you are trying to fatten cattle for market to make them nice and fatty with that marbling, you know, and um, get their weight up and whatnot, they feed them a very rich diet. And uh, the it's not the cattle themselves that produce it, it's the, it's the biome in their guts that produce it, right? So you can say, well, we get rid of cattle, we get rid of the biome and whatnot. Well, uh, people will still want to eat something. So even if we switch to uh, like camelids, you know, uh, alpacas and llamas and camels and whatnot, you feed them the rich feedstock to get them ready for market and they're gonna emit a lot of methane. You could go the grasshopper route but it turns out that grasshoppers emit a lot of methane. Not each one, but in the in the trillions, quadrillions that we would need in order to uh, keep up protein consumption among the eight billion humans, um, there would be considerable methane coming from uh, the, the the grasshoppers. Uh, you could say, let's just let it all go fallow, right? And, uh, you know, people don't need that much protein and we'll let all the, the pasture land go fallow. The problem with that is um, it's not like that land's just going to sit there. Uh, grass will grow and a deer will move in. And uh, the number of deer on, a, you know, an acre, say, a pasture it will not be determined by the economic interests of the rancher, the way that the number of cattle are, right? They don't put too many cattle because they, they don't want over overgrazing to occur. Um, so if there's no natural predator for the deer, we'll have lots and lots of deer and they will spew as much methane as the cattle. So then you can bring wolves in you see how central planners go, right? They try something that doesn't work, so they they just they double down on the stupidity. 
You bring the wolves in, the wolves can keep the um, deer populations in check, right? But that means then that not all the grass gets eaten. And guess what happens to the grass when it dies and starts to decompose? It creates methane. So we cannot centrally top down uh, control the ecosystem any more than we can do that with economies. It's it's madness. I could just imagine Klaus sending in UN troops to exterminate the deer, um, like just total dystopian <laughs> and, and, and insanity. But also from an economic perspective, your your thoughts were in many of our countries and in, in the markets, they're trying to push you know impossible fake meat, lab meat stuff, and and all these different substitutes, right? Bugs. There's a, actually a Mexican com beer company. They started their beer that where they re re replaced the percentage of the malt or hops with. Um, uh, cricket, crickets, right? Cricket beer, which is insane. But um, and cervezas. Yeah, I mean, this is, we're just going now uh, beyond over to window. But um, just, <laughs> do you think though? It feels like my instinct is most people aren't buying it. So you think there'll come a point where I mean, if no one's buying impossible meat or whatever, then do we win? You know, do then because they won't be able to keep producing it or or what? Well, who knows? Uh, maybe they'll tax us and use the tax money in order to subsidize the, the fake meat and the, the, the cricket beer. Um, you know, who knows? this is the problem with allowing governments to have too much power. Uh, and that's why um, I wrote the book Liberty Lost to describe how in the United States we used to try to solve social problems through voluntary association, the formation of for-profit, of course, but also a huge number of nonprofit organizations that um, either helped to uh, reduce some perceived problem right, and got enough funding to keep going, or they didn't, in which case people didn't donate to them and they folded. Unlike the situation with governments where some politician manages to pass a law and it stays on the books forever, being funded at higher and higher levels, they fail uh, and, the, and they say, well, it's because we didn't have enough money. Just give us more money <laughs> and we will we will be able to fix the problem, uh, even though most of the time no amount of money would fix the problem that they're that they're trying to, to solve. Uh, the world is an imperfect uh, place. We have scarcity. We have asymmetric information. Uh, not everything can be the way that we want it to be. Thomas Sowell calls this, um, you know, constrained thinking is realizing that uh, things aren't going to be perfect. The best that we can do is uh, to allow people to voluntarily uh, decide uh, which uh, causes they want to support, which products they want to buy. Um, and uh, that's the best we can do. We, we cannot make, um, you know, have heaven on earth. Yeah. And at the, you know, in alternative media at the greater reset conferences and such conferences, there's a lot of folks that are, um, more traditional Americana or they talk about voluntarism. Uh, and, and just to read a description from your book, you, you, you say Americans have long since forgotten that the best way to uh, palliate most economic and social problems is not formal government. 
the instruments of which are too often cruel or crude, but voluntary civil society. Uh, and and you, you write, maybe this book can help return this country to the truer participatory and voluntary form of democracy that it wants. And you, um, I mean, are, are you optimistic uh, on that end? You know, it, it is titled The Rise and Demise. Uh, can we see a rise again? Or, or are, you, are you optimistic going forward? Uh, well, I mean, it all it all depends what happens in this current crisis, right? Maybe we will uh, have um, some sort of reawakening and we'll reemerge and can get back to having a limited government and allowing people to identify and solve uh, problems on their own if they wish to, uh, instead of uh, taxing them to the hilt uh, to try to fix uh problems that a lot of people don't even see as problems right um so uh yeah it's it's possible i mean that's why i i wrote the book i i know a lot about the past and uh i know that we've forgotten most of it uh but there are some valuable uh, lessons in there uh, about things like um you know having allowing people to work just for room and board instead of having a cash uh, minimum wage. Uh, that's uh, a major cause of uh, homelessness in, in places like uh, California, which has a very high minimum wage. Why not just let those people work on organic farms, right, uh, for their room and board? Then they have a place, something to do. They get uh, uh, three, three hots in a, in a cot. Uh, they get some uh, work experience, some, some skill, and, uh, you know, if, if they decide that they uh, are going to shoot up, then they're going to lose, then they're going to lose that. Uh, but a lot of people, you know, just, just need to need an opportunity. Um, and, you know, it's, it's good uh, work for the soul and also for the body uh, doing, you know, out, outdoor agricultural stuff now i'm not i'm not talking about them you know uh, cutting wheat fields down with the old-fashioned uh, equipment but there's all kinds of ag um that still needs to be done you know by hand and uh there's uh, a lot of farms in, in california that uh, could produce more if they had uh, more reasonably priced uh, labor um but no, <laughs> uh, the the progressives have control, and they just will, they will not listen to anything like this, even though it's uh, uh, tried and true uh, from American history. Yeah, and you know, I sort of did that with Peace Corps. You know, I, I do think Peace Corps JFK started it. It was a, it's a good program, um, and basically, as an American, you 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 just basically you don't get paid. You you know you you get your monthly expenses paid and a place to stay. Um, yeah. And so that, you know, and you get skills, and so afterwards, oh, you know, many former Peace Corps volunteers go work in the national security state or or um, for government or many other trades. We're out of time. I was great ch chatting, Robert. You got your um, uh, book that came out a few months back. More books are coming out. Just uh, tell us where we can best uh, find you. Uh, just like you said before, you know, on X, it's uh, Robert E. Uh, Wright, -E, and uh, on on Amazon, so Google. Google my name and, uh, and you'll find my page in the 20 some odd books that are there. Well, keep keep up the great work. I look forward to the to the New Deal Great Reset uh, publication. <laughs> and and uh, you're, you're always welcome back on TV. Thank you.